Are we alone? Could we expect to see the Flatwoods Monster or the Fresno Nightcrawler in line at Graders? Tonight, we share your personal UFO sightings and tales of historical UFO visits to the Greater Cincinnati area. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I am your host, Kat Loco, and tonight with me are Jen Kohler and Christina Wald. And we're talking about UFOs tonight. It's fun. It's different. We have never done this before. If you want to catch us on social media, you can find us at at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And of course, we are dying to hear from you and your personal encounters with the paranormal and fringe history from your neck of the woods. You can send that to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com or join us and share it on our Facebook group, Hometown Haunts. We're an official podcast that can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, Jen. And if you would like to see us while we're doing the show, like right now, you can watch the video feed on YouTube. Find us by searching Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities and please rate and review us wherever you listen to us so other fringe history and spooky entities, lovers just like you, can find us. Oh, we got a, we got a lot. But before we dig into uh, UFOs tonight, Jen, come unmute yourself and tell us about the fun adventure that you did this weekend. Okay, so I'm guessing a lot of people that listen to us um, are fans of Supernatural. I'm a huge fan of Supernatural, have always been. And I finally was able to get to go to one of the Supernatural conventions. And it was in, in Indy this weekend. And I bought my tickets in 2019 before COVID. And then I had to wait two years to to be able to go. So, and I only went for one day because it is insanely expensive, but it is worth it. And I got a photo op with Jared and Jensen, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles for, if you don't know, they're the main stars of the show. And also Jensen Ackles and Misha Collins. And, uh, it, it immediately reduces me to a 12 year old fangirl, even though I am a grown woman in her forties and I'm the same age as Jensen. Jared's a few years younger, but my stupid dumb person that I am wanted to, you remember me telling you I wanted the Jared Jensen hug. Well, they weren't, they were doing no touchy touchy. So you couldn't touch and (laughs) they're very polite. No touchy touchy. They did not have a plexiglass, right? No plexiglass, but they, um, they stood with their arms behind their backs. And if like, like you wanted an air hug or, you know, something, they just didn't like fully engulf you in a hug like they were doing pre COVID. Mm-hmm. But Jared's shoulder did touch my shoulder, and then oh. at the end he did rub my back. Oh, and I literally squealed while the picture was taken. Oh, like that's, a crazy person. That's <laughs> but and I don't know if it's because Jared Padalecki is so tall. I just beelined for him and totally <laughs> bypassed Jensen. <laughs> I don't think I was mentally prepared to look Jensen in the face because he is just as beautiful as you would think. Ah. He, and you walk into the room and you know they're there and they have this little partition so you can't see what's going on until you're like almost ready to go up. Mm -hmm. And you see them and you're like, um, uh, uh uh-huh. They're real. Okay. Yeah. So I walked up and I just, I just looked up at Jared and said, hi, I'm Jen. And he said, I'm Jared. <laughs> That's cute. And Jensen was being polite, trying to get my friend Christine to go into the middle between the two. And I told him, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so she, she couldn't talk either. And she just kind of flicked her fingers at him and nope. <laughs> wow. 
But then when we went to get the picture of uh, Misha and, and Jensen, Christine just left me in her dust and just beelined to Jensen. And she wanted an air hug, right? Because she's the one that paid for this photo op. She wanted an air hug. So they were doing an air hug and Misha and Jensen were facing her. And then I'm just standing there going, what the hell? And I, I was about to have a tantrum. <laughs> Because I wasn't going to be left out. And then Misha turned towards me and let me in the picture. So it was nice. <laughs> you didn't post that one, did you? No, not yet. No, oh, okay. yes. Yes, I did. I didn't I did. see the Misha one. Yeah, it's on It's on Facebook. Oh, okay. Facebook is so weird. It's so hard to see stuff. Like I know. I don't know yeah, how know. they decide what you see. Because, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, it's time consuming because there yeah. are a lot of people there. We pretty much only had time for the photo ops because we first we went in, we got there, we had to do a COVID test because the test we did prior didn't the results didn't come back in time. Hmm. So you gotta do that first. Then we shopped a little bit and spent way too much money on stuff I don't need, but also much wanted. Mm-hmm. Um then we did the first photo op with Jared and Jensen. Then we did a photo op with baby. There was a baby replica there, the Impala. Yeah. Thank you for explaining yeah. that. And so, that car, it, again, is just as gorgeous as it is in the show. It is a very pretty car. It's so pretty. And the guy, uh, I don't know if there are a couple. It's a, a man and a woman. Um, she was upstairs selling uh merchandise that was really nice and then he was downstairs taking pictures <laughs> with everybody because the car was just sitting outside and he ha- has to drive it from te- texas but i guess there's five about five people five impalas that do the conventions oh wow and uh yeah that was fun we couldn't sit in the car but like we wanted because of covid but mm-hmm. um we got some nice pictures standing next to it um and then we did a panel with Jaren and Jensen at two thirty, and that was that was it. But it was the perfect day. It sounds like it a was. Good day. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. We didn't even eat. I don't think I peed all day. I didn't eat all day Dang. until after. You're hardcore. I was focused. <laughs> and then you know, once you look those two beautiful men in the face, you're like. Um, uh, did that, that just happened. That <laughs> happened. That really just happened. <laughs> so Especially cute. after waiting two years, actually longer, because when I first found out about the convention, it was a long time ago and uh-huh. the show was still on the air. And wow. uh, well, it hasn't I'm been like, I'm never going to be able to afford to go, but I was yeah. able. So if you can go, do it. Okay. Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> That does remind me, like, Christina, have you met anyone in person who's famous, like, at a convention? I almost uh, trod on Martina Sirtis. Like, she was at Cincinnati Comic Expo, and I almost tripped over her. She's oh. so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, the, I, I don't know if I, I would say I've actually... I mean, we went to see Felicia Day. I mm-hmm. mean, I've seen a lot of a lot of people with with our friend Katie and with Jen. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we went to go see Chris Hardwick. He knew Jen. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. not no, no me, but he did. I always he have... was like he gave her free stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Explanation. <laughs> Huge Chris Hardwick fan. After his dad died, I went and saw. Um, him in Chicago and I didn't get to see him backstage to give him this thing I made. I made him a little glass tile of his dad and uh, his dad was a famous bowler. Uh, One of the top, I think top 10 bowlers of all time. And uh, I texted or I tweeted a picture of it at him. I'm like, would you like these? I made these for you. And he's like, yes, I want them. So Anytime I see him, I remind him that I'm the one that made the tiles. And he, I asked him, he has them in his, in his office. And the last time we went to see him right before COVID, before shutdown, I was going to buy his bobblehead because he had it for sale after a show when he was doing his meet and greet. And 
I'm like, oh, and I, I would like to buy a bobblehead. And he just kind of looked at it, thought for a second and goes, here, you can have it. It was a very nice thing that you did. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I did not expect that. That is not why I did it. And that's I, I can't even tell you 100 percent why I did it. Mm-hmm. I just did. Mm-hmm. You know. I think our funnest, I don't know if you'd call it a celebrity encounter. I guess he kind of is. We uh, we all went to Joe Hill's book signing a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at Joseph Beth. Mm-hmm. And we got a family picture. My mom's in the picture and Troy. Oh, fun. He kept calling Troy Tom Savini. He was like, you look just like Tom Savini. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was funny. He did a great talk. I mean, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of really good uh, yeah performances and you know people i I mean i've met i mean we've both seen mark maron a bunch of times and Mm -hmm. um when i first saw mark maron i think it was in 2004 and it was at funny bone and it was before he like was really famous so we got to talk to him for a little while yeah we've talked to him for a a couple occasions Mm -hmm. yeah he's a cool guy yeah seems like a cool guy yeah for mike and i the person that we've seen we didn't wait in line very long I'm sorry to say, but it's Paul McGann, who oh, is really? one of the doctors. He's the one from the Doctor Who movie from the mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah. And um, he was really charming to talk to. Like, we have yeah. a signed um, photo of him and everything. And that was also at Cincinnati Comic Expo. Yeah. Mike ran into the woman who plays Deanna Troy from Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, that's Mar- yeah. Mar- Mar- Marina Siritus. Okay. That's yeah. the Thank one you. I almost tried. Yeah, well, Mike did the same like. thing because he... She's very small. We were talking to Paul and he turns around and her table, her signing table was right next to his and he, they just ran into each other. So, <laughs> um, And Mike was just like, excuse me. And then his eyes got huge because he's a huge Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. So, And he's planning on meeting my birthday buddy um William Shatner yeah this year so um, yeah better see him soon yeah <laughs> let's let's turned... hope he makes it a few more years <laughs> yeah well he just turned 90 so I was, he I did was... he's 90 oh, yeah man. that was like oh, the big goodness. thing they were just like because because we saw I mean Jen and I saw him when he did um his what was that like we watched wrath of khan and he mm-hmm. did like commentary and that was really fun mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah. we went to see his one-man show i think that's why everybody was confused we just had dinner and katie's like well i saw shatner with you too <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah like I... <laughs> yeah just yeah, like claiming twice. ownership over christina and shatner <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was funny <laughs> i was like well i've seen him twice <laughs> you can once see with jen and once, once with actually one of our best shows we ever saw was we saw carrie fisher live uh she was at um the victory theater in dayton for two weeks and oh, wow. we got tickets uh we went with our friends uh nicole and her husband my mom and i went and we were in the second row and it was a oh, great fun. show Mm-hmm. um and i remember this one woman in the front row started to fall asleep <gasps> and carrie noticed her and said oh i'm sorry am i keeping you awake and the woman like started stuttering and explaining why she- oh oh no it was very funny <laughs> but that was a great oh, show poor woman yeah uh, it 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 is it, it is a rush to get they'll never remember you but you'll remember it for the rest of your life and as long as they're nice to you, there's there's nothing nothing well, wrong. You always have Chris Hardwick, Jen. Huh? You always <laughs> have Chris Hardwick. I, I love him so much. Yeah. He just had well, a baby. Yeah, yeah, I saw Girl. that. Yeah. Well, and you've seen Will Wheaton a couple times too. Just the once. I met him the once. I thought you'd seen him more than once. Well, I I went. I got his autograph and I did a photo op with him mm-hmm. and had a little nice conversation with him nice. uh, about depression no oh. i talked to him mm-hmm. yeah well speaking a, of space really yeah cool. speaking of space <laughs> and the stars that's a good segue <laughs> just slide right into it <laughs> so yeah we we have a fun topic tonight and uh it, it's all about ufos and aliens and the Yay. queen city and uh, I, I wanted to make the note that tonight's episode is inspired by a Reddit post in r slash Cincinnati. So go check it out if you haven't yet. Back on March 10th, 2022, the post is titled, Is This a UFO Over Cincinnati Tonight? And uh, 
the photo has what looks like a v-shape pattern floating over the city and it's a massive v-shape pattern not just like a plane it's it looks like it should be a constellation but it's way too visible with a photo and the photo is looking towards cincinnati northeast from what looks like originally covington kentucky and taken at 9 45 p.m eastern standard time and the user mentioned that they were seeing the form, same formation, or sorry, another user mentioned they saw the same formation north of Cincinnati around 10, 10 p.m. Uh, and it wasn't Starlink. Uh, that was immediately, I, I kudos to the people in our Reddit thread. They immediately started looking for re- reasonable explanations as to this. And Starlink is just in a, it looks like a train of satellites going by. So that wasn't it. And also it wasn't flying over Cincinnati at that time. Uh, Wright Wright Patterson Air Force Base is located just within our region, and it is notorious for Project Blue Book. And MUFON, the mutual UFO network, is based right next to Lunkin Airport here in Cincinnati. So we got a lot of buzz, um, extraterrestrial buzz around the city, and a lot more than I originally thought we had, because I'm just like, city, or city, Cincinnati, we're known for Chile and Geta. And the Reds, and now the Bengals that went to the Super Bowl. Never thought about how much aeronautics history we have around here. <clears throat> so, sources for tonight's show is Reddit um, for for that aforementioned post. The Cincinnati Inquirer, multiple times over. The Mutual UFO Network, also known as Move On. The National Archives to look through Project Blue Book, the Des Moines Register in Des Moines, Iowa, the Courier Journal in Louisville, Kentucky, the Dayton Daily News, Smithsonian.com, the Cincinnati City Beat, and Greg Hand of the Cincinnati Curiosities blog, which is not affiliated with us, but he's a friend of the show. So hey there, Greg. Um, Also, want to take a quick mention to say that we know the term UFO is now considered obsolete, believe it or not. The term UAP, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, is now used by the gov- by government officials and those who seriously research the phenomena. But we're neither, so we're going with the vintage UFO moniker. <laughs> so, yeah, it, this will be fun. It's a I went into a deep dive. I looked through Project Blue Book. I looked through MUFON's site logs. It's taken me a few, a good week of solid poking around, reading articles. Um, we have the Cincinnati Inquirer and the Dayton Daily News have a lot of great vintage articles um, detailing just basically extraterrestrial phenomena. And it's been fun seeing, just like when we looked at cicadas last year, how everyone reacts to UFOs through the decades. So we're going to go way back to 1947. So between 1947 to 1969, there was 12,618 UFO sightings, which were reported and investigated by Project Blue Book. Of that, 701 reported sightings were unable to be identified by the U.S. Air Force. From 2001 to 2015, there have been 120 reported UFO sightings in the greater Cincinnati area. And I like to point out that I was the cause of one of them. I know I talked about that in an earlier episode, and I can come back to it later. So, July 5th, 1947, a rumored UFO crashes in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm sure anybody who loves the paranormal has heard this story. UFOlogists believe that the apparent spaceship that crashed was transported to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, just few minutes up the road, up 75, in Dayton, Ohio, and stored in Hangar 18. Does this make the Cincinnati-Dayton area more prone to UFOs than any part of the country? Maybe. We're on the top 10 list consistently. Uh, The first UFO sighting in Cincinnati was reported by the Inquirer on July 8th, 1947. So that's three days after the Roswell incident occurred. Just weeks after the first UFO report, by pilot Kenneth Arnold around Mount Rainier in Washington state in June of 1947. Numerous eyewitnesses account report, or sorry, numerous eyewitnesses accounts reported seeing flying discs throughout the greater Cincinnati area. This is also the same day 
July 8th, that the press release for the Roswell incident went out to the public. So keep that in mind. Everett Smith of Walnut Hills told the Inquirer reporter that he saw three or four flying saucers streaking through the sky, saying that he first thought they were shooting stars, but after watching them for a few minutes, I ruled this theory out and decided they must be on, must be the discs everyone is seeing. Um, Just a little one year later, there was the Mantel UFO incident in Franklin, Kentucky, which Franklin is not within our metro area. It's in Southern Kentucky, but this made national news. And I believe the man that it happened to was from Maysville, Kentucky, and also lived in uh, Louisville. So on January 7th, 1948, the Mantel incident involved the crash and death of 25-year-old Kentucky Air National Guard pilot, Captain Thomas F. Mantel, while in pursuit of a UFO. Historian David Michael Jacobs argued that the Mantel case marked a shift in both public and governmental um, perceptions of UFOs, citing that this UFO case went from a, citing that in popular culture, UFO cases went from being whimsical, man, I can speak tonight, whimsical musings about aliens, like these fun little stories about the man in the moon, to suddenly there was more concern over earthlings' welfare and introduced the idea that aliens could be hostile. So that all stems from this 1948 incident. Uh, Then we had something called the Norwood Searchlight Incident of 1949. Have you heard of this? Just shaking heads. No, I hadn't either, but it's much like the um, L.A alien sightings in the 30s i think it was or the 40s so this was a searchlight um incident who it really needs its own episode to take a deep dive into this and we can do that later this year but basically uh, a cliff notes version of the incident was a searchlight swept through the skies of norwood on the night of august 19th 1949 for the jitney carnival at norwood's church of of saints peter and paul so they had gotten this searchlight just as this fun carnival edition they had gotten it from an army surplus store that night balls of fire floating through the sky were reported around the region and the searchlight managed to get one of these balls of light in its beam and it freaked out everyone um and these balls of light appeared around the city and were reported up through 1950. So for a good, basically two years throughout 1949 and 1950, people were seeing mysterious balls of light. This is not uncommon. And there's more sightings of that later. In 1952, the term UFO or unidentified flying object was coined by the U S air force. So it's actually a quite a recent term. October 5th, 1959 in Deer Park, a 13 year old witness reported to the air force that they saw a 150-foot-long cigar-shaped craft with several windows glowing from within. However, and this kid, it was a 13-year-old, hand-wrote the note and submitted it to Project Blue Book. The Air Force wrote an interesting footnote to their report, and they stated, subsequent reports from the same witness indicate that he reports any object of light in the sky with his own interpretation that they are flying saucers. There's also the strong probability that some of these reports are imaginary. So, sounded super judgmental there. In 1968, a housewife who was active in the community reported to see a flying saucer chasing a plane just east of the current Northgate Mall. They, it stated in the Inquirer, she saw an airplane in full moonlight with un, with rounded circle of light trailing the plane some distance behind the plane. She reported this incident out of concern since TWA flight 128 had crashed on November 20th, 1967. So the few months prior to this report while approaching the greater Cincinnati airport with this crash resulted in the deaths of 70 people out of the 82 on board. In this case, however, the UFO in question after being investigated was caused by a small Cessna airplane, which was towing an electronic advertising sign. 
the U.S. Air Force was able to match the flight schedule to this Cessna, to this specific Cessna, with many of the UFO reports made around the city and the region. So, we go to 1973, where Cincinnati and the tri-state region saw a UFO hysteria. So, UFOlogist Kenny Young is quoted saying, the unusual aerial events happening during the October 1973 time period remains one of the most fascinating of all UFO happenings, an intense and disturbing siege that no dismissive hypothesis or explanatory venture will easily rob of its strangeness. I particularly love that quote. Um, So basically starting in mid-October of 1973, there are hundreds of reports around the region of strange unidentified flying objects and they are described in any way you can describe a ufo so there were so many in fact i could only take some of the most widely um reported version like reported reports (laughs) reported reports from here so we're going to be jumping around a few days, but most of these were actually happening a few days before Halloween of 1973. And also for our listeners, if you happen to know of any of these stories and would like to submit them in, I would love, as well as Christina and Jen, to read them. Because this is a very interesting little bit of local history happening here. So, October 26, 1973, Springdale resident Keith Merrill, a commercial pilot himself, described seeing a UFO while at the Tri-County Shopping Center. He reports to the Cincinnati Inquirer, it hung up in the sky to the east, and to the naked eye, it appeared to be a bright light through binoculars. It seems to have a hazy blue light around its middle. Merrill noted that to the reporter that he and four others watched the ufo for 25 minutes adding that it would occasionally fade then reappear around that same time in zanesville ohio sheriffs respond to a report and see three pulsating glowing orbs hovering over a graveyard just outside of town in Greenfield, police officer Sergeant Hugh, after chasing for several miles a circular white object with a yellow glow that was humming and flying just above the trees, he told the Cincinnati Post, I've never believed in UFOs until tonight. One of the remarkable things to come from this was Governor, then Ohio Governor John J. Gillian's comments about UFOs. He had a close call with what he said was an amber-colored vertical beam of light. Shaken, he felt compelled to tell the America during an emotional press conference that the UFO threat was real. He is quoted saying, I saw one, a UFO, the other night. So help me. I'm absolutely serious. I saw this. He also lost the election the following year. Just a historical note. October 31st, 1973, however started bringing out the pranksters in indiana and i think around lawrenceburg police had spied on pranksters preparing to launch homemade hot air balloons made of balsa wood and plastic dry cleaner bags and birthday candles for liftoff that's pretty clever then in in xenia ohio three men like creatures with silver skin were spotted walking along us 35 Scared out of their wits, drivers called police, who were quickly on the scene. These creatures, however, turned out to be local high school-age pranksters wrapped in tinfoil. That had to be uncomfortable. And chafing. Uh, Fun thing, and hopefully we can put this up either on YouTube or on our Instagram. Nationwide Insurance put an advertisement article in Sunday, November 4th, 1973's edition of the Cincinnati Inquirer claiming that, yes, UFOs were covered under existing auto policies. And the clipping is great. It's just very tongue-in-cheek. It is important to note that in October of 1973, Wright-Pat had a lot of air traffic taking off from the base due to Operation Nickel Grass, which started October 13th and went till November 14th. 
Operation Nickel Grass was a strategic airlift operation conducted by the United States to deliver weapons and supplies to Israel during the 1973 Yom Kippur War. It went on until November 14th, as I stated before. So that could explain a lot of the mysterious traffic that we were people were witnessing in the skies at all times of day. Though the glowing orbs, I don't think that explains it too well. 1992, witnesses claimed to have seen several flying saucers being tailed, then circled by fighter jets. Then they claimed that the three saucers were hit with a red beam or orb and crashed to the earth without a sound. So that was on the west side of the city. Um, Sorry, I got my timeline a little bit mixed up. January 1985, going back a little bit, the Air Force issued an official denial that Wright-Patterson Air Force Base houses alien space technology and the bodies of beings from other planets. So they have an actual press conference. You can find the articles about it. Them saying, yeah, we don't have any of this. Stop saying that we do. In uh, 2013, another busy year for UFO sightings here in the tri-state area. Many were bright orange lights that split into four, did precise movements, and then joined back together and faded. Another report from later that year was uh, reported that this UFO sighting happened during a Turpin football game. Reports seeing a bright orange fireball over the sky. And uh, these fireballs were seen up through 2014 as well. Also in 2013, unclassified documents state that more than half of the mysterious UFO re- UFO reported UFOs reported in ni- in the 1950s and 1960s were that of high flying spy jets such as the U2 and SR71. So those would have been tested probably around here. October 2019 A silver cigar-shaped craft disappeared over Cincinnati. It was witnessed by someone driving eastbound on Route 50 from Indiana. And then December 2019, driving on I-75 southbound, witnesses saw a glowing tic-tac hovering in the western sky without sound around 6.30 p.m. And as mentioned earlier, the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, moved its headquarters back to Cincinnati in 2021, in June of 2021 to a a space on Airport Road next to Lincoln Airport. MUFON reports that 92% of their reports are explainable, adding that that when someone sees three lights in the sky in a triangular pattern, such as the Reddit post that started all of this, generally it's an airplane. The unexplainable UFO sightings generally appear in this shape that aren't similar to modern aircraft, such as saucers, teardrops, or even squares. Um, And then finally, and we'll put up a photo later, uh, it's from Dayton Daily News. Building 280, once the PO Dining Hall for the World War II German POWs at wright Pat Air Force Base, houses a large series of murals painted by the soldiers that depict green gremlins, or as a lot of people like to speculate, they're aliens. Because at the same time, Wright Pat may have had some alien visitors. So, the fun thing is, there are no reports of alien abductions from the tri-state area. So, go us. However, there was a woman... I think around the mid-90s, that reported that her cows were abducted from Kentucky. And because I like to look at things from multiple points of view, what could these UFOs be? Starlink, as I said before, the planets, especially Venus, uh, satellites, the International Space Station, it is super bright when it flies over Cincinnati. And also debris burning up in the atmosphere, which I have personally witnessed. And it's super spooky when you see it. So that is a condensed version of UFO sightings in the, in Cincinnati. So what do you think? It's really interesting. I mean, have, have has anyone here been to Roswell before? 
Uh, we no. went to New Mexico a few years ago, and it was, I think, 2015, and uh, I made everyone take a detour to Roswell. Um, oh, Troy at first was skeptical, but he enjoyed it. I mean, they they really have made it into sort of a tourist destination. But the thing that was interesting was how much Cincinnati stuff there was because of Wright Pat there. They even yeah. had a Jim Borgman cartoon on the wall about aliens oh, that's and cool. stuff, oh, which wow. was awesome. And um, it was really, it was really interesting. And we ran into someone I was sketching and I think it was say in Santa Fe or Albuquerque and somebody came up and started talking to us about, you know, a relative of his had been there for Roswell. And he said, Oh, there was something real. like he started telling us about his personal experience. So it was fascinating. Wow. Yeah. I, I've been to New Mexico. I've just never been to Roswell, the closest I got with Santa Fe. So that's yeah, that's yeah, pretty far away, but it's worth yeah. the trip. It's worth the drive. Yeah. yeah. It, it's we, it's on my bucket list to go visit. We also went to Los Alamos. Ooh. And uh, you know, you are supposed to like you're not supposed to take any pictures there, and that's supposed to be where all the a lot of weird stuff is supposed to happen there. It's supposed to be more PhDs per capita than any mm. place else in the world. Hmm. Or in the US. I don't know in the world, but US anyway. And that also has allegedly a lot of weird research and hijinks and that sort of thing. No, oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've always heard about um, Wright Pat and Hangar 18. Just mm -hmm. whenever you're into anything paranormal, like my ghosts are my jam, but aliens still manage to seep through, through the zeitgeist. So that's mm -hmm. how I learned about Wright Pat. And I was super surprised. I don't know why it, when I first moved here to find out that right pat was literally down the road so, yeah it's an hour and away it has a less. museum so yeah we've we sketched there of, quite a bit yeah and uh a lot of astronauts are from ohio as well so. the most actually the most everyone well, just tells just you how much people love to, to live in ohio. ohio they want to, they want to leave the world yeah <laughs> after they after they um come here see ohio was not a boring state no, I had no, no no idea that there were that many sightings. I do remember when I started um, scanning in photos at work, I, I went for the UFO folder. And there really wasn't much, photographically at least, in, in, in there. Most of it was all older stuff. But I, I do remember reading about some of what you talked about. I think specifically the Norwood one. Yeah, that but, one was huge. Yeah, um, but there weren't any photos there. there, there there's there. one photo that you may have seen. Okay. It's from like 1963. Uh-huh. And it is from um the flying saucer phase of the UFO craze. Mm -hmm. And it was, I believe, taken by a parish priest. And it is very obviously a frisbee in the air. <laughs> It's just, pretty just a really obvious uh -huh. frisbee, but um, that's tickling my brain. Yeah, that, there. yeah, it's a pretty infamous like photo. Fake. I've seen it outside of just learning about Cincinnati. I didn't know it came from Cincinnati, mm -hmm. but uh, it, it's almost as good as the pie plate on a string over like yeah. a mountain. Mm -hmm. I, I do have to say, if it really is aliens, that makes me extremely uncomfortable. I don't well, know. I'm not scared of ghosts necessarily. I'm not. I, I am scared of aliens. I don't know why it. Freaks you don't want me things out. probing your butt, Jen. <laughs> no. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I think it's more that I don't want to be kidnapped and then left in space. For the no rest. one wants to be kidnapped generally <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or or left in space. Um, or left in space. <laughs> yeah. With no means of oxygen. That's well, not going to last very long. Well, no. At least we were we were all death. talking before we got on about um, uh, a friend and and you know one of the friends of the show that listens, Pat Ann, will know who I'm talking about. Uh, there's an artist that's from Columbus that um, had a UFO sighting in Columbus that Jeff Smith actually used in his comic, and it was like this giant craft that they saw these lights, and she was there with several other people. And it's substantially, we, we looked at the picture. It must be in one of his graphic novels where he kind of describes where he got the idea for it. And it's mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. Um, you know, and stuff like that, it's always hard. Is that a UFO? Or, I mean, let's just talk about the Pentagon budget here. 
um, there is a lot of stuff that they're always working on and testing that probably flies around that looks UFO-like because it's weapons testing and mm -hmm. uh, carrier testing. I mean, when I saw that photo, it kind of made me think of some sort of transport, perhaps. Uh, many people saw the stealth fighter when it was mm -hmm. being tested and thought it was a UFO um, oh, yeah. because it looks very UFO, very UFO like. It's a big black thing that flies in the sky silently. Well, it's it's not on radio. Triangle. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's hard to imagine things that haven't been invented yet, especially if an aircraft doesn't look like what we're used to. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. then your brain just can't make sense of it. Yeah, and it's the same with drones when they started being made. Um, a lot of uh, UFO reports made by dr by people who are watching drones, and that's the 2013 incident where somebody's like, "There were really precise movements," and I'm like, "Yeah, that was probably a drone, like a really yeah. early drone." Yeah, you have to test them somewhere. Oh yeah, and that reminds me of my my UFO story. No, and I know I've told this on the on the show before, but it may have been a few months ago or even over a year. So I caused a UFO incident. <laughs> a number of years ago, um, maybe about a decade ago for New Year's, a friend of mine had Chinese lanterns. And at the stroke of midnight, instead of lighting fireworks, we lit these uh, paper lanterns. And just like some of the hot air balloons, they rose with these candles. And they were very pretty. And we made little wishes and we watched them fly away towards Indiana. And... Uh, Oh yeah, this was about 2013 because I was in touch with the guys from MUFON when I was on my previous radio show. And he was he was on a radio show maybe a month later talking about UFO sightings around New Year's. And he's like, oh yes, we saw a group of about six glowing orbs flying through. And we got many reports from the west side of Cincinnati stating that they saw this group. And I'm like, um... I know exactly what those were because I'm responsible for one of them. <laughs> and explain to him on live radio that I, I caused a UFO sighting. Well, you took the wind out of his sails. Oh, I did. It, it crashed silently just like that saucer did. And, uh, but we're still friends. He, he still talks to me. So I think he appreciated a really good explanation. Um, the, the, the UFO guys, as well as the Bigfoot people too the um explorers and ghost hunters good ones we all really love just explanations real world explanations to really fabulous fantastical stories and sightings i mean there are there are lots of really i mean in thinking about again the pentagon budget and stuff um and and right pat has a lot of like we were talking about the pow's that were there they were all part of operation paperclip where apparently if you're good at making rockets and stuff, it doesn't matter what you've done before. A <laughs> government will hire you to work on them. Yeah. And so a lot of propulsion systems and rockets and stuff for the space program was developed by these POWs from World War II. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they were mostly not nice people. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, every year for New Year's, they would launch some paper lanterns into the sky and just watch the UFO reports roll in. <laughs> that would be funny if they did. Well, we did that. Um, somebody from, I had a 40th birthday party and somebody gave me one of those lanterns and we lit it and we watched it float over Cheviot. And I always mm -hmm. wonder if anyone said anything. Probably. <laughs> and a lot of the reports when going through MUFON, and this is me editorial editorializing here, it, it, the people who are reporting these, one, if they aren't from like 25 or 30 years ago, so extremely excellent memory for that. Mm -hmm. But also some of them just sound like they're high as hell <laughs> or drunk. Like well, just with ghost reports too. It, yeah. It's you start being able to figure out who may have not been completely there when they saw this. Now here's an interesting question. Um, Cause I talked to a couple people before the show that had UFO experiences, but didn't want us to talk about them. Oh. Why do you think people are more um, sensitive about it than they would be about say a ghost story? Have you noticed more of a taboo? Do people feel like they'll be considered more crazy if they talk about UFOs than ghosts? I would think so. There could be that. So I will say there are a lot of interesting phenomena that are reported by both 
um, both types of paranormal experiences. So one of them would be um, sleep paralysis. Uh, and depending on how you lean, it could be the old hag sitting on you, or it could be aliens. Another one is owls. Um, some people will mention seeing at the foot of their bed, they'll wake up in the middle of the night and see like either an owl in their window or they'll see a skeletal being at the end of their bed near the window or looking at them from the window. And could it be an alien? Could it be a skull-like skeletal phantom? Maybe. So you have a lot of similar yet described slightly different experiences. And um, with ghosts, I don't know. It, it's with ghosts versus aliens, which would be an interesting comic. Um, I think part of it may be just embarrassment. Like ghost stories make for a good yarn, but alien stories are just purely in the realm of sci-fi. And then you also have people who are like, because we've made fun of it. I, I even made a butt joke earlier like <laughs> the probing jokes and all of that and so people may be a little bit more hesitant to share alien experiences because of that i do know a few people that also have ufo sightings and they don't want to share them on the show even anon anonymously they won't they don't want to talk about them at all and mm -hmm. for a lot of people just seeing something that is supernatural outside the tv show um is so remarkable they don't quite know how to process it so that's definitely with a lot of um people that i have talked to when i was a much more active paranormal investigator they'll see something that's shocking because if you're not prepared to see the supernatural you you're shocked you don't know how to process it um you're trying to make your entire worldview has just been shaped so, okay Jen, go with your um, I just I can't remember what podcast I heard it on, but there was this, it might have been criminal. I don't know. Um, this multiple family members and neighbors had seen this same thing, like mm -hmm. at different parts of a, their neighborhood or their city where they lived at the same time. None of them ever spoke about it ever. Wow. Because they were afraid to. I don't know. I don't think they understood. Yeah. They, I think there might have been some fear there about, mm -hmm. you know, being called crazy or um, they just could never fully understand it. So they just didn't talk about it until mm -hmm. I can't remember when, but I, I really think it's fear. I mean, it's easier to think that a ghost is someone used to be a person mm -hmm. that we could have known. It could have been, it could sweet. be a loved one. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when you a aliens is the one thing that we cannot mm -hmm. say for certain. We just well, cannot. It's a, it, yeah. Just looking at it just from a human perspective, which is a weird way to phrase that. Um, it's the ultimate stranger invading your house. Like yes. if it's a ghost of a family member, that's someone you once knew and that can be very, very sweet. But for anyone who's been abducted, like abduction is a just everyone's afraid of being kidnapped. That's yeah. a universal fear. It's not a monstrous one. That's a universal fear. So being abducted, those stories are preying on your fear of disappearing and not seeing your family again. Mm -hmm. And then also just aliens coming into your room and looking at you like mm -hmm. that's really that's very invading so invasive and uh, i could see why people would be uncomfortable i mean it's so. creepy when a person stares at you while you're sleeping even if you love that person don't do it mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> don't do it <laughs> don't do it please and don't take a picture of me while i'm sleeping without my consent thank you no <laughs> well remember never to do that thank you <laughs> this just reminds me of the first movie of twilight like mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that's not well, romantic in any way. You know, it's interesting because it, this, this could segue into another show because I recently somebody that listens to the show sent me a bunch of stuff about the hag story because she had a haunting story in Cincinnati like that, Ooh. and she looked up a bunch of stuff on the hag and sent me all these links. I think I sent the ghost story, so maybe mm-hmm. we could talk that, about that in a couple of weeks and yeah. how ubiquitous it is in human experience. It is very, because, yeah. Uh, yeah. it is very common. Yes. And, uh, it, it's a, I'm, it sounds like a very scary experience, uh, mm-hmm. sleep paralysis and that sort of thing. And she would, I went sketching with her just a couple of weeks ago and she was still talking about uh, hauntings and sleep paralysis and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we'll have to do an episode about that. Well, I yeah. know I've, I've mentioned on, on here before one, the movie close encounters of the fourth kind mm-hmm. with Mila Jovovich apparently is it, Based on a true story about alien abductions in Nome, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it involved owls and everything. Yeah. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, scared the ever-living. It is scary. <laughs> it scared me so bad. Scared me. I'm like, I'm never going to Alaska. I'll look at the pretty pictures. Thank you. And then I slept with all my lights on that night. Like that yeah. was going to stop aliens from abducting me. Oh, my goodness. You just brought me back to when Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries was on. <laughs> And any, so mm-hmm. anytime there was an alien story, I would run out of the room mm-hmm. and I was convinced for a really long time that they were staring, they were sitting, waiting and staring at the windows in the dining room, which is where the staircase led into in my parents' house. And that I'd have to run past the windows as fast as I could to get up the stairs so the aliens wouldn't see me. Yep. Wow. I was yep. like seven, but yeah. no, um, I c- I'm right just- there with you, Kat. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I mean, that's why I never open my, my blinds at night. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything staring back at me. That would, that would, that would freak you out. Like having something yeah. stare back at you is probably yes. one of the scariest things. You know what? A great, there's a great TV show about alien abductions called people of earth. And I think we talked about it when we were at dinner. It's was mm-hmm. the show was re- conceived by the same person that did our flag meets that means death mm-hmm. it's the same person that came up with the show mm-hmm, and it's okay. really hilarious about uh, alien abductions all these people like start a support group because they're being abducted by aliens and oh, i think you can watch it on hulu um so uh you uh will have to check it out because i i it was on one either hulu or netflix i can't remember which but i saw that you can stream it mm-hmm. it probably will be more available streaming because our flag means death is so popular yes mm-hmm. um but people of earth was really funny um and i almost don't yeah. want to say too much about it because a spoiler alert and b i don't want to my mutant ability is to retell something humorous and make it not funny <laughs> oh. I, same christina same <laughs> I haven't seen it. Though I do have an interesting story that I'm not sure happened, but I think mm-hmm. did. So it's along these lines with the owls and trees. So when I was really young, I'm going to say about five, four or five years old, when you're just starting to remember memories with your families, I remember getting up in the middle of the night and looking at the wind through the window of my room. And in that case, at that house, my bedroom was in the back of the house so it would have been looking at a forest and sitting in the tree was not an owl but a very very rotund looking this is weird buddha character and not buddha i'm not it's it's just the whatever it was was sitting cross-legged and it had big eyes and big old grin on his face and shark teeth. And I remember staring at that. Whoa. Closing the blinds as fast as I could and diving underneath the covers. Now, like it's I no said. no wonder you didn't like Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, I, I hated that. That but sounds like an entity of some kind. It, it, it reminds me of an entity. I've drawn it once as a sketch. I could draw it again because I'm not. I'm a bit more used to drawing monsters now but it was a really weird experience was it an alien i don't know was it a really fat owl i really like to think so but that mouth was not an owl's mouth wow was it me dreaming possibly i was four or five so this is a really really far back recalled memory Mm. but it's bothered me for 30 odd years now 
because I'm just like, was that a dream? Was that not a dream? What what was I seeing here? Because I still remember it as clear as day. Wow. So, truth right now that you put it out into the public arena that it's going to happen again. Well, now I'm prepared. I'm going to be like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to interview you. Let me go get okay. my microphone. I would run screaming. Yeah. <laughs> now it may eat the microphone. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it but doesn't speak English. Maybe it doesn't speak English. Maybe it goes bleep bloop. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, this could, clicks. there's so many things we could go off topic on this. Like, I think mm. we really should do the hag thing. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, there's so much UFO stuff. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, yeah. There's so many stories about uh, research on these sort of things, like at Los Alamos, uh, at Wright Pat. And there's a lot of um, interesting things about propulsion technologies that they think are being. And then there's also those really weird stories about um, some sort of craft uh, mm-hmm. appearing outside of nuclear sites and powering down nuclear missiles. That's mm-hmm. a whole thing that's been like reported on the New York Times and mm-hmm. and Washington Post when they first were when they changed the name from UFOs to what, what's the new name? UAPs. It's. I think they just did that because branding wise, it's just not as catchy. No, but yeah. I keep thinking of UDF. <laughs> no. UFO, UFO just kind of come rolls off the mouth pretty it well. It really does. It rolls well, off the tongue does. real easy. Yeah, so. yeah. But there's so much to talk about, but, you know, uh, more shows for sure. Yes. Yeah. Shall I do, take us out then? Yeah, I think well, I think we oh, can wrap okay. this up. Oh, well, say what you were going to say. Well, Jen. I was going to ask you, do you want me to talk about my UFO dream? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, um, please do. Because I've had it a couple times within the past year or so. Mm-hmm. And I think the first one came, I had the dream around when um, it was announced that the government said that UFOs are real. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like all of a sudden one day this big voice from the sky is saying you've got so much time to get your act together other and if you don't we're gonna invade and uh there's a whole bunch of panic and fear about that and then the second dream was the same thing but then they were taking people up into Mm. the spaceships but then it was more it was kind of like and then somehow the dream morphed in to me being an astronaut and working on a spaceship ship i don't know makes me wonder now if something was beaming into my head since we have so many sightings in cincinnati now mm-hmm. and i that's live really, in Colerain, really which is weird. right by northgate and right mm-hmm. by the not too far from the airport so yeah how many how many times have you had the dream about twice now wow and so what i mean I, it's hard to say context and dreams because it's so no nebulous but what what did you like did it just sort of leap into did you see entities or did you just no no it, it was, was just you heard just them a voice. say if you don't get better then yeah you know yeah and normally i can figure out why i've had a dream mm-hmm. like because i'm stressed out or something's going on or i've just watched a weird tv show mm-hmm. and the only thing i can relate it to was you know them announcing that ufos are real and mm-hmm. that for whatever is a deep-seated fear i have and i it doesn't make any sense but Mm -hmm. who knows there's got to be something out there there's gotta that's a spooky set of dreams that is a spooky set of dreams well and you know since i started on my antidepressants (laughs) it's given me really really vibrant strange dreams wow interesting it it was kind of fun waking. I wish I could remember them all because sometimes I would wake up in the morning and I'm like, wow, don't know where that came from, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple friends that keep sketchbooks by their beds to record dreams and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I've wanted to do that, but it turns out when you have someone sleeping in bed with you, that's extremely rude. <laughs> yes. Well, and then you're fully awake and then you can't go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, like like pulling out the sketchbook and turning on the light, it turns out yeah. gets you kicked out of the bedroom. Yeah, um, pretty quickly. I, I um, should write them down. Yeah, but I I'd like to. I mean, yeah. It's, and then sometimes fact. I'll forget them, and then all of a sudden I'll be doing nothing or I'm falling, and it just pops into my brain again, and it's like, 
oh, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> right. Well, fun fact, Witches and Sorcerers is based off of a dream I had. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying reading it. It's a it's okay. a great story. I need Thank to you. catch up. Yeah, I, I caught up I, I a love couple... the idea of the intern. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know why. I it's popped into my head that she was an intern and then um the character key popping in and out of these portals through garden gates. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. So yeah. It, it turned into this fantasy series that I wrote and I expanded on the dream, but that one I managed to write down in a notebook before oh, I forgot good. it. Good. So, um, yeah, that's this fun fact that, and my other series, Miss Gray was also based off of, um, a dream I had not about gray aliens. I'm sorry. If anyone's <laughs> getting excited, they're like gray aliens. No, it's about a grim reaper, grim reaper. And, uh, slaying monsters just like every other shonen series in the world anyway well on that note we could talk forever but we have to save some for future episodes we do and we'd love to hear your stories dear listeners uh if you have strange stories about looking through the window and seeing a strange shark tooth creature staring back at you i'd love to hear about it as well as christina and jen so you can send that to um hometown haunted mail at gmail.com you can join our facebook group at hometown haunts and also you can follow us at sin cabinet curio on twitter and at cincy cabinet of curiosities on instagram we love hearing all of your stories ghosts aliens cryptids bigfoot all of them and it's a safe space too it's, it's we get it as you've heard we see a lot of things so Please like and subscribe and share the show with everyone else. And for Jen and Christina, good night and stay spooky. Bye. Bye.